Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported. That means we truly depend on you in order to bring this resource to you. If you don't already support us financially, you could do so. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. You'll see our three friendly yellow buttons there. One says donate. The other says join our crew. The other says become a patron. Click on one of them and fill that out. If you'd like to support us the traditional way, you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. It's time for another edition of Fighting for the Faith. Tuesday, June 11th, 2019. today. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Roseborough. I am your servant in Jesus Christ, and this is the program that dishes up a daily dose of biblical discernment, the goal of which, help you to think biblically, help you to think critically, and help you to slow down, stop, open up your Bible, and compare. Compare what people are saying In the name of God, to the Word of God, no shortage of crazy things being said out there. We take the time to open up God's Word, to compare and contrast what the most popular pastors, preachers, teachers, conference speakers, self-proclaimed prophets, prophetesses, self-appointed apostles and apostolettes, and those generally put forward by the evangelical industrial complex as those whom we need to be listening to, whose books apparently we need to be buying, and whose small group curricula We should be studying instead of the Word of God. Yeah, weird how that works. Over and again, we demonstrate that the steady diet of doctrine that is put forward for consumption by the average evangelical, far from biblical, far from what God's Word says, there's a whole lot of people out there just scamming, you know, in the name of Jesus, you know, basically teaching stuff that is utter nonsense in order to get into your pocketbook. And uh, case in point, the two segments we will be doing today. We're going to start off uh, today's episode of Fighting for the Faith. We're going to be heading over to the Sid Roth program as he's uh, interviewing uh, David Hogan and the nonsense that is being covered on this installment of Sid Roth's It's Supernatural is even more dorky and unbelievable than normal. And normally, It's like beyond the pale, dorky and unbelievable, just absurd is the best way I can put it. And all of this will demonstrate is to make a buck. And so we'll listen to David Hogan as he claims that he physically saw a witch doctor shapeshift and turn into a bat. And of course, my question is, is it a mortal or venial sin to deny that the witch doctor turned into a bat? I'm just saying And uh, we'll take a break after that. And when we come back, we'll do a money-grubbing televangelist update. Uh, You know, Pentecost, we're now in that season. And um, 
Larry Huck is one of these guys who, in the name of returning Christianity to its Jewish roots, uh, claims that uh, your finances can experience blessings if you send in money to him as a Pentecost offering. Yeah, I'm not making that up. We, we, we do tend to cover that on an annual basis here at Fighting for the Faith. So that will be today's episode of Fighting for the Faith. Strongly recommend you make yourself comfortable. We've got a lot of ground that we need to cover. And since this is going to be like just a bizarre Sid Roth thing, let's do this. Down at an English fair, one evening I was there When I heard a showman shouting underneath the flare I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts There they are, standing in a row Big one, small one, some as big as your head Give them a twist, a flick of the wrist, that's what the showman said I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts Every ball you throw will make me rich there stands me wife, the idol of me life, singing roller bowl a ball a penny a pitch. Singing roller bowl a ball a penny a pitch. Singing roller bowl a ball a penny a pitch. Roller bowl a ball, roller bowl a ball, singing roller bowl a ball a penny a pitch. So we're heading over to the YouTube account for Sid Roth. It's supernatural. And uh, I'm trying to think, you know, I was thinking uh, before the program uh, today that what I we we need to rename him like, you know, Sid Schlock or something like that. But Schlock doesn't start with an R. So I didn't think that would work. But uh, you'll kind of get the idea of what's going on here as we uh, take a look at his uh, It's Supernatural with David Hogan, special guest David Hogan. Here's Sid Roth to set up this particular episode of his program. Here we go. Hello, Sid Roth here. Welcome. Welcome to my world where it's naturally supernatural. My guest has raised 37 people from the dead. Now, color me skeptical. In fact, it's kind of old to say color me anything. But when you make a claim like this, um, I'm looking for eyewitnesses. I'm looking for medical documentation. We're looking for death certificates. Uh, we're looking for bona fide, non-doctored uh, video where people are really dead and not just pretending to be dead, coming back from the dead. When somebody claims that uh, you know that there's been a resurrection that has taken place that we need real eyewitness testimony and things like that. But see, here's the thing in the uh, charismatic movement and uh, particularly with Sid Roth, uh, evidence never seems to be uh, forthcoming or even necessary. I mean, the more outrageous the claim, the more likely you are to make it onto Sid Roth's uh, program. And uh, we note that Sid Roth and Dr. Michael Brown, they're, they're buddies. They're close friends. In fact, Michael Brown has been on Sid Roth's program to sell his Miraculous Weight Loss book. Yeah, I'm not making that up, but uh, let's continue. His team has raised 500 from the dead. Yeah, again, documentation, please. I'd like to see the evidence for that. I mean, we live in a day when people carry high-definition video cameras in their pocket. 
They're called smartphones. If you have an Apple product, even one of the newer ones, not only is it high definition, it's like 4K. You know, and so you'd think with all these video cameras out there in everyone's pockets, you know, with 500 people being raised from the dead, I mean, they'd be able to start their own YouTube channel and I mean, and the whole world would be believing in Jesus apparently, you know? Do you want to find out how? You may come handy someday. You want to find out how to raise people from the dead. Come in handy. See, I've been doing it wrong. I, you know, I'm a pastor, and every time somebody in my congregation dies, we bury them. You know, who knew? I, what I should have done is, like, <clears throat> checked in with David Hogan and figure out how to bring him back, you know? Now, David Hogan has spent over 40 years helping unreached people groups in Mexico. And in fact, you were told the exact city you were to go to, region you were to go to. How'd that happen? All right. So <laughs> I just love the dramatic recreations on Sid Ross' program. This this is just absurd. So in case you haven't noticed, it's this, there's this creepy thing going on. There's you know some kind of angelic figure hanging out in the dark spaces uh, of the doorway into his office. Uh, Angel of the Lord came. There was a, I had a vision. <laughs> the worst looking angel of the Lord ever. 360, like an IMAX. And I- wait, 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 wait. IMAX is not 360. I've, I've seen IMAX before. It's flat. It's just really large. It's not 360. I mean, does this guy even know what an IMAX is? I was showing a mountain range. Yeah. And then it was up to me to find it. Don't you think if the angel of the Lord would, like, take his time to actually come and talk with you in your office, he might give you a little more information than showing you a mountain range and, you know, turning it into some kind of, like, Indiana Jones quest, you know. Indiana Jones and the Lost Mountain of Atlantis or something like that. You know, you got, I just saw the mountain range. I don't know what it is. Isn't that the storyline now that I think about it? Isn't that the storyline behind um, the... the um, uh, Oh, what was that? Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah, that's right. He, they just saw, uh, you know, the, a mountain range, the, the Devil's Peak, and they couldn't figure out where. Where is this thing? Didn't he? Didn't like you know Richard Dreyfus like make an entire Devil's Peak with like mashed potatoes and you know leftovers and stuff like that? I'm just saying, you know, this sounds like the plot line to that. Well, you found it. I found it. You got there. Yeah, how'd you find it, by the way? I'd like to know what, what you know, what was the process? I made it. And you got shocked because there was, they were very different than the people you were used to. I mean, witch doctors and demon worshipers. And, uh, mm-hmm. you, had, you, you had no paradigm for that. No, sir. There, there's not. Not where I come from here in America, Louisiana. It's not there. <laughs> I don't know. I thought there were people who practiced voodoo in Louisiana. I thought, well, that was kind of a thing down there, you know. Hmm. Weird. Yeah, maybe he grew up in the other part of Louisiana where there weren't anybody practicing voodoo. Right? Well, it's, what's, tell me 
what is, you know, I, I have an idea. Most people, if they weren't called and they bumped into that, their first exposure, they would quit. What did you do? <sighs> Jesus asked me to go. That's what I did. Sounds so pious. Yeah. You, you sure that was Jesus? You know, because so far, like everything that's been told here, no evidence to back any of it up. Just weird outlandish claims. You can't even get the IMAX theater thing right. And I'm pretty sure they practice witchcraft in Louisiana. There's your answer. Um, he asked me if I'd do it. Uh, so the answer is yes. So you stuck it out. But what did you do? How did you pray? Uh what did you do about, I mean, give us some practical tips, could you, David? What do you, for, for instance, let me give you an example. Sure, sure. He's talking to a witch doctor. and Which witch doctor would that be? Before his very eyes, the, now, now you, you, most of you, you don't have a clue about what I'm ready to tell you. You're, well, actually, I've seen this already, so I know exactly what's coming. You've never, it's never even crossed your radar. It, it hasn't crossed my radar. Right. Okay. He really... What did he turn into? First time, it was a bat. Big. But you, you actually saw him and... There was a man. Yeah. Turned a flashlight on to himself. Yeah. And went into a creature. He looks like he's from Louisiana to me. I saw that with my eyes. Yes, sir. Yeah, but my question is, were there slee stamps? Yeah, see, I'd be more impressed if somebody had actually turned into a sleaze stack, you know, landed the lost stock. How did you get it into your head you wanted to raise the dead? All right. That's a fair question. Uh, <laughs> thanks. I, I was... Uh, uh, all right. I took the Bible apart, put it in notebooks where I could understand it. Yeah. Each man had his own notebook. Each section of God's Bible had its own notebook. Yeah. I made a list of the miracles of the men's prayer life, the fasting, their marriages, their children, everything, how it was, how God responded to them and how they, they approached God. And I chose out of the holiest of all the miracles down through the historical events of the Bible, I chose dead raising. And my- you, you cho- so this was a free will decision on your part. You chose. You use your free will to choose dead raising. Mm-hmm. My wife. My, my wife asked me to let's start lower. <laughs> Headaches, <laughs> different things. But I, I'm not that kind of human being. I, if 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 God can do it, let's do it. Yeah, he can. And uh, on the last day when Jesus returns, everybody will be raised from the grave. 
Uh, dead raising is a very rare miracle in Scripture, and uh, yet you, you're uh, you're claiming that you have raised more people from the dead than all of the people raised from the dead in Scripture combined, and then multiplied by a, a very large number. You know, maybe you know fifty or something like that. Or t- you know, you know, you get the point. Well, David. How long did you contend for raising the dead before? See, that's my problem. I haven't contended. Use my free will to contend to raise the dead. You saw your first dead person come. All right, there you go. That was a four-year fight with these witch doctors. It's got to be awful because, I mean, if they can turn into a bat, then they would gain air superiority over you pretty quickly. And everybody knows that when it comes to warfare, you know, the group that has air superiority, they they generally win. So four years, you, you know, you didn't have air superiority over them. Really bumpy for me. I lost more than I gained during this time. And then I went out to a very normal day for me, get up, pray three or four hours, seek God, load up my four-wheel drive, go out to the mountain. And I get out of out of my truck, and this man asks me, "David, David, would you please come and pray would you for please my son? come and pray for my son?" And I, what's the matter? Well, he's, he's sick. So I walk with him through the woods. I mean, you got to understand, in my world, the the twenty five or thirty pastors were walking through the jungle. The smell, the it's awesome to me. Whereas other people would find it offensive, I find it great. Okay, so you enjoy the smell of the jungle. Okay. Uh, and I started hearing this lady screaming, and we went right to that hut. I get there, and it's a bamboo walled house, dirt floor, grass roof. What was the name of the village? What was the name of the father? What's the name of the, the boy who you raised from the dead? What's the name of the mother? Uh, what other witnesses are there to corroborate this dead raising? <laughs> Look me right in the face, pointed his finger in my face. My son is dead. Now you do something about that. Well, see, I got to ask the question. If you haven't raised anybody from the dead yet, why would this guy come find you in the middle of the night in the jungle, the jungle that you like the smell of? And then come and expect you, you, my son's dead, I expect you to do something about this. Why would his expectations already be so high for you when uh, pretty much all of humanity has uh, very low expectations of everybody when it comes to death? And usually when a pastor is called after somebody has died, it's for the purpose of consoling those who are mourning and grieving the loss of the person, and uh, I've never been called to raise anybody from the dead. No one's ever said to me, Roseboro, my family member has died. Quick, get over here and raise them up for you. I expect you to do something. I've never heard any pastor be told to do this. Why should you, why, why would this guy and his family expect you to do something here? <laughs> Look, I'm an eighth generation preacher. I'm not, my family's not new to this, but nobody's ever been asked that question. Right. Yeah, I don't know anybody who ever has. Why would they ask you that? Uh, so I went in the hut, followed him, and when I get in there, it's not like there's not angels, there's not awesome. There's a little dead boy with a mama holding him, screaming. There's black magic warlocks. There's spiritist healers. 
And, and there's bats running around that are witch doctors, too. Yeah. They're my enemy. They don't love Jesus, and they hate me. I turn around, look at the mom. Yeah, whether they hate you or like you, that is kind of has no bearing on the fact that you should be ministering here to the grieving family that has lost their child. She backs away from her son. He's a nine-year-old boy. He's been dead for five hours. I kneel down over this boy. I've never seen it before. I don't know how to go about it. I know that Jesus, Elijah, all these guys raised the dead. All these guys. So you got Jesus, you got Elijah, you have um, Peter, and you have Paul. Okay? But I have no experience at all. Nobody does. Just have biblical research for that. I laid my hands on this boy, tried to find a heartbeat, put my ear down, normal pressure points. He's, he's gone. He's still pigmented his skin. His coloration is gone. That usually happens to dead people. Started praying, prayed in tongues first, because that seems like the best answer. <laughs> yeah, and the, the modern manifestation of tongues in the charismatic church, that's gibberish. That's not tongues. Tongues is the supernatural ability to speak a human language that you've never studied for the purpose of proclaiming the mighty works of God in Christ. It didn't work. <laughs> Prayed in English. Of course, that's going to work. Didn't work. <laughs> Prayed in Spanish. <laughs> that didn't work either. Yeah, God's going, no comprendo. Yeah. And then I went into Indian, and then I just started weeping and crying. Asking God for mercy because it was really hot in there, probably 115 degrees inside the hut. Probably an hour of prayer, and just all of a sudden, there was a heartbeat in the little boy's arm. I had a hold of his pressure point, and I felt a thump, and then it stopped. But what what was the most important to me, which is all important. I had a little T-shirt on. I saw that little T-shirt bounce. And, and, and when I did... Yeah, heartbeats don't cause T-shirts to bounce. It really freaked me out. And I look up, and the dad's sitting there. He had seen also the little T-shirt bounce. And I said, did you see that? He said, yes. I said, it works. Yes. <laughs> What works? It works. It really, it actually... What works? actually works. What works? To trust heaven and believe the name of Jesus. In about probably three minutes, maybe five, uh, on and off heartbeat, and finally... It on and off. So it took a while for him to actually, for the resurrection to kick in, you know, because sometimes he had a heartbeat and other times he was still dead. It... You know, it's kind of like starting a car. Got steady and strong, and then his coloration came. Then he got flexible again, and then his eyes opened. He got flexible again. Opened, and he's raised from the dead. Well, there you go. That's, that's uh, resurrection number one. Apparently, he's dead raising. So, you know, it kind of begs the question. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you've noticed. It just feels like they're selling something here because, you know, it works. And don't wouldn't you like to learn how to raise the dead, too? I mean, that 
was what Sid Roth asked at the beginning of this thing. And lo and behold, it just so happens that they are selling product along these lines. So would you like to learn how to raise the dead like, you know, David Hogan does? You know, because it works, you know, because he likes the smell of the jungle and he actually saw somebody turn into a bat. Uh, so uh, let's check the commercial part of this uh, program, and I think you'll kind of get the point. Call now and get David Hogan's Supernatural Transformation Package, which includes eight pocket-sized booklets. The anointing contained in these power-packed teachings will cause you... There's an anointing contained in the power-packed teaching. Mm-hmm. ...you to walk in the supernatural every day. This is the only written material available anywhere by David Hogan. Plus, you... Right, you, you see, you can't find this in the Bible anywhere. You, you know what he's revealing in this super anointed Holy Spirit fire package thingy. Uh, but you know, it, it, for what, what thirty nine bucks, I'm pretty sure you can like. Oh man, you'll be raising people from the grave in no time. Will receive his anointed DVD message, Holy Spirit and Fire. This is an exclusive offer for our rich supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $39. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9626. The eight anointed booklets include the supernatural keys he has gleaned from God on how to live a life of victory and power over... Mm, supernatural keys he's gleaned from God. Mm-hmm. ...for the forces of evil and witness the supernatural kingdom of God on earth in your everyday life. The booklets include these anointed teachings, how to live a life filled with faith and power, everything you need to know about healing and demons, how to walk every day with Holy Ghost fire, David's faith-filled testimony of how I got to raise the dead, creating a demon-free zone through pulling down strongholds. Yeah, so I forgot to create a demon-free zone here in North Dakota. I don't know what I was thinking. The foundation for a miracle lifestyle. How to access... The foundation for a miracle... It's all up to you! Yeah, it's all up to... By the way, uh, Scripture actually talks about this. Um, let's take a look. I'm going to have to duplicate a tab here because don't want to lose this one. But in uh, the book of Galatians, uh, chapter 3, uh, the Apostle Paul talking about... Uh, the. Um, well, the false theology of the Judaizers and rebuking the false doctrine and theology and the self-righteousness of the Judaizers asked this kind of interesting question. He kind of rebukes them and says, Oh, you foolish Galatians, who's bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. So let me ask you this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? By the way, the answer to the question is number two, by hearing with faith. And you can kind of throw into the general category of works of the law. You know, did you receive the Spirit because you applied David Hogan's uh, anointed teaching keys to experiencing supernatural spirit fire and creating demon-free zones and building a foundation for a miraculous uh, life? You see, because that's all based on things that you've got to do, right? He says, are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you, and watch this, work miracles among you, do so by works of the law, or by hearing with faith? The answer is the second one, by hearing with faith. So already the whole foundation of, of you know, this product that they're selling here on uh, Sid Schlock's program, David Hogan's Supernatural Anointed, you know, teaching series. You can't find these anywhere else on planet Earth. 
The whole foundation is based upon false doctrine. Says moment by moment the glory and power of the Holy Ghost. Learn how to walk in intimacy with God through his life-changing booklet, You Need Jesus. Through these power-packed booklets, you will clearly understand the origin of sickness and God's provision and God's designated authority for healing your body, mind, and spirit. Receive proven keys so you can receive your... Who's proven these keys? Uh, Has the Better Business Bureau... Uh, given their seal of approval to these proven keys. Healing and your miracle. And when you call, you will also receive David Hogan's powerfully anointed DVD message, Holy Spirit and Fire. David prays for you to receive your miracle, your healing, your breakthrough. Don't miss out on getting David Hogan's Supernatural Transformation Pack. Yeah, it's got all the charismatic buzzwords. It's which includes eight pocket-sized booklets containing powerful keys to overcome any attack by the enemy, including sickness and disease, poverty, and... Yeah, eight pocket-sized booklets. Powerful keys to overcome any attack by the enemy, you know, including, you know, like the common cold, you know, rickets. It, you just start naming the things that can go wrong here. Arthritis, heart disease, and death. And more. The anointing contained in these power pack teachings will cause you to walk in the supernatural every day. This is. Yeah, I would like to see a, a testimony from somebody who's purchased this anointed teaching series and is, can now demonstrate with evidence and documentation that they are now walking in the miraculous daily is the only written material available anywhere by david hogan plus you will receive his anointed dvd message holy spirit and fire this is an exclusive offer for our supernatural audience yours for a donation of 39 dollars. shipping and handling is included ask for offer number 9626 call or you can send your check to sid roth it's supernatural yeah so invite somebody on spin yarns you know tell tall tales don't provide any documentation for any of it. And then claim that for only $39, you too can walk in all of this supernatural stuff because you can glean from him the keys that he's been given. And they're proven. They're proven by somebody somewhere. We don't know who, but they've been proven to work so you too can walk in the miraculous. This is nonsense. If you believe this, I would like to sell you a bridge in Brooklyn. It's really inexpensive. And I have some magic beans I can also sell you as well. You know, I've sneezed on them myself, so they're really super anointed and stuff. Yeah, I think you get the point. Uh, this is uh, teaching for shameful gain, things that ought not to be taught. And this is the kind of stuff that takes our eyes off of Christ and puts it on Sid Roth and David Hogan. Yeah, yeah the one thing they did say that was true, you do need Jesus. But the Jesus they're preaching, yeah, he's just there to empower you to be amazing rather than bleeding and dying for your sins and calling you to repent and to be forgiven. Yeah, Sid Roth. Yeah, Sid Schlock. I don't know. You kind of get the point. All right, we're going to pause right there, pay some bills. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkback at fightingforthefaith.com, or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Pyre Christian. Follow me on Twitter, my name there, at Pyre Christian. Quick break, when we come back, uh, we're going to be heading over to uh, the YouTube for Larry and Tiz Huck and listen to their latest Pentecost shakedown. Stay tuned, don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. We don't need to rethink Christianity. We need to rediscover it. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. This is the air I breathe. 
This sissy, pansy, cunning, photo-written music you have the audacity to call worship. Men, put this entire girly praise band in the boo box. Let's wheel in the organ and get some real worship music underway. Ye be listening to Pirate Christian Radio. <clears throat> Max Holiday's Birdcage Theater presents Church Day Select. Hello, I'm here to see Mr. Gary Sunshine. I received a telegram last week. Oh, of course. Just give me a moment. Mr. Sunshine, your 10 o'clock is here. Is that a tin can on a string? Oh, our intercom system doesn't reach where he is. I see. Sunshine, your 10 o'clock. Hi, this is Gary Sunshine. If you're hanging, I'm not dead yet. Please bring food. This has not been a recording. Leave your message after the twang. Really, Gary, there's a man here to see you. A Mr. Uh, what was your name, honey? Lionel Duncan. A Mr. Lionel Duncan? Oh, forgive me, Brittany. I'm just finishing up my last one. Just, uh, set him down. Oh, and give him a flashlight. I didn't get a flashlight. And you don't need one. We're done for the day. Hurry, oh, you'll miss your... Your, um, unicycle to the Rockies. Uh, take the elevator down, follow the path, and, uh, don't look back. What? Here's your lantern. Thanks. Hello? I'm so glad you received my message and could make it down here to see us. Yeah. Oh, there you are. Come in, come in. Have a seat. Lionel Duncan, right? Mr. Duncan is fine. Of course. Well... Mr. Duncan, I'm sure you are aware of why we contacted you. Actually, no. Oh, I thought it would have been obvious. Not really. The telegram wasn't very specific. Okay, if I need to spell this out. Mr. Duncan, you've always been a very active member of our congregation. An outstanding one, in fact. Your personal friend with many who attend here. You've participated in our outreach programs. Occasionally filled in for a praise band. You've religiously tithed. I mean, your three consecutive Holy Guacamole Awards from the Church Barbecue Association speaks for themselves. I consider myself a big fan. Thank you. So, what's the problem? I was hoping you could tell me. You haven't attended our church in over three months. 
I don't follow. Let me consult the questionnaire. Did you at any point feel uncomfortable, unwelcome doing uh, prayer circles, prayer ovals, or prayerallelograms? I'm preferential to the prayer rhombus myself. Not particularly. Did you find something offensive or controversial within our service? No. Have you ever been insulted or personally attacked at this church? Can you give me an example? Have you ever been called a baby, donkey, bus, or wankle rotary engine? Say what now? I'll write that down in the news. Have you been attending a different congregation? No. Gluten allergies? No. Was it the new carpet? No. Was it Mildred? Who? Oh, thank goodness. Why did you leave our church? Oh, that. I'm done. Excuse me? I did it. What? Did, did what? Everything. All of it. I'm finished. Everything? Every what? Now I don't follow. Every program, every Bible study, every goal, every week, every challenge, all of them. A while ago, I found out that I was only doing so much, so I rolled up my sleeves, really buckled down, and I did it. Can you give me an example? You're familiar with these programs. I've conquered the seven mountains, crossed my Red Sea, burned my plows, defeated my Goliaths. My wife and I's sex life has never been better. Quite frankly, I don't need this place anymore. I've outgrown it. You've been listening to the smooth tones of cultural appropriation. Up next is the new hit single, Mama, I've Outgrown the Basement, by Cheeto Dust and the Neckbeards, featuring Code Red Mountain Dew. <laughs> is that so? Yep. Well, I know a place for people like you. Those who are particularly gifted have been sent in the past to a certain Divinity Academy where... Oh, you mean Rex Plondo, right? Yeah, I tested out of there well back. You what? I graduated valedictorian with a focus on reverse tongues. I, 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 I don't... I, uh, uh, here's my license and my achievement card. <gasps> The legends are true. Yeah, after that, I discovered anointings, mastered them, and partnered with Chanel to make my own line of anointing oils. You sell them in your foyer next to the coffee shop. You made the Balanus Bonacle anointing oil? The very same. Mr. Duncan, I know this may be hard to understand, but life can be difficult. <laughs> I know that you may seem on top right now. But we can go through seasons of wealth and prosperity, only to then be struck down again in the next season. <laughs> I would have to ask you to reconsider your position as our services can be very helpful during trying times. Oh, I get you, Gary. And you don't need to worry about me. I actually just finished my prophetic almanac. It accurately predicts every season of my life from now until next year. I would have written more, but my pen ran out of ink. I promise I won't be needing your help anytime soon. What about any unexpected uh, 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 births? You know, spiritual birthings have been very popular lately. We offer a variety of services, including... The My Mystical Miracle and Me Spiritual Birthing Lamaze Course? Yes! Wait, I wrote that book. You didn't? Yes. The Emmaus Flock? Did it twice, the second time blindfolded, just for the challenge. Holy portals! Actually use one to get here. Saves on gas. Still small voice. Oh, we do duet night down at the karaoke bar once a month. Uh, here's my picture on Instagram of us winning the trophy. Ah! You might have heard our hit signal. Three words repeated 50 times with a soft piano. That's my ringtone! It went platinum! Twice. No! There has to be something you haven't done. Something you still need to do. There's no way you could actually finish it all. Have you... 
Have you? No. You, you've done that. Did you? No. No, you. Ha! Ha! <laughs> you haven't gone on your Jericho march. Marched around your enemies. Pillaged the city and destroyed all their gods. I wrote a post about it five days ago. You should really follow my blog. <laughs> I'm back. It was all just a bad dream. <laughs> what a nightmare. I'm safe under house arrest. <laughs> oh, sweet ankle monitor. How I miss you. <laughs> Did I mention I'm very good at dream moonwalking? <laughs> Hi, Chris Rosebro here to talk about our longtime featured advertiser, Cheapo Air. Doesn't matter if you're traveling for business reasons or for pleasure. Doesn't matter if you're traveling within the United States or abroad. Cheapo Air is the place for you to save literally hundreds of dollars on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. On the side of our website, you'll see our ad banners. Look at the ad banner for Cheapo Air and look on it. There's a promo code. Write the promo code down, click on the ad banner, and then book your travel at the Cheapo Air website, and you'll have the opportunity to enter that promo code for additional savings. Again, fightingforthefaith.com. Write down the promo code, click on the ad banner, and save money on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars today. Hey, everyone. It's Rex here to tell you about a product that I use on a daily basis. It's Coffee by Gillespie. It's delicious. It's got the caffeine you need to be a functioning member of society, and it's It's coffee. There's all sorts of different blends to choose from that are themed alongside the church calendar. So not only does it taste insanely good, but it's also liturgical. Somehow. All you have to do is order it online at gillespie.coffee. And it'll arrive at your door in a convenient, resealable bag filled with either whole bean or pre-ground coffee. I personally like mine as whole bean because it goes so well milk. Now that's what I call a balanced breakfast. So head on over to Gillespie.coffee and get some. That's G-I-L-L-E-S-P-I-E dot coffee. Rex out! All right, we're back. Uh, warning, listening to Fighting for the Faith could cause you to think that Sid Roth is a complete scammer, because he is, and that David Hogan really didn't see anybody turn into a bat. Just a reminder, Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you, your generous gifts and financial contributions in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to into the world. And you can partner with us. It is a partnership. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. When you get there, you will see our three friendly yellow buttons. One says donate. The other says join our crew. The other says become a patron. When you join our crew, you get to pick your rank in our crew, and rank is based upon your monthly commitment. Lowest rank is Powder Monkey, 
at $9.95 a month. After that, Gunner's Mate at $24.95 a month. From there, Master Gunner at $49.95 a month. And then Quartermaster, $99.95 a month. Joining our crew is a great way to support us. If you'd like to make a one-time contribution, click on the donate button. If you'd like to become a patron via Patreon, click on the become a patron button. If you'd like to support us the traditional analog way, you can do that as well. Make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith. Send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. Moving along. Don't want no loving. Don't want no kissing. Don't want no gal to call me honey. Don't want my name in the Hall of Fame. Just want a big fat pile of money. Give me that almighty dollar for that lettuce, hear me holler. Give me buckets full of ducats, let me walk around and waller in Mazuma. El dinero, wanna be a millionaire. Give me money, 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 money. I want that green ammunition, that's the stuff for which I'm wishing. Fill my closets with deposits, I'm a demon in addition. Give me shackles, give me pesos, let me see their smiling faces. Money, 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 money. Wanna get me a suit that's made out of oot and whistle to wear it in green. I got that monetary itis like me, just like King Midas. Want that golden touch is what I mean. Give me that old double eagle. Want that tender that is legal and financially substantially. Any sum I can and beagle. Want a living regal splendor for that loving legal tender. Money, 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 money. <laughs> We're heading over to the YouTube channel for Larry and Tiz Huck. And Tiz Huck is known for making the yummy sound a lot, uh, because I always like to picture her as like, you know, saying, come on, daddy, we've got to bring home the bacon, we got to get those donations up, because uh, they're, they're full-blown prosperity preachers. Uh, but they have an interesting angle that they're working, and they're engaging in obfuscation, trying to convince people that uh, that if you just follow the rules of the ancient Mosaic Covenant feast days, and send in money to God during you know those open windows that uh, that you 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 secure for yourself blessings for the for the coming year. I'm not making that up. In fact, uh, let's let Larry spin this out a little bit before we get going. We're going to show you something that most Christians have never seen because it's the Hebrew understanding. Yeah. Of how to break the curse. Yeah. No, the reason why most Christians have never seen this is because this is not a biblical teaching. And it has nothing to do with the new covenant, which we are under. We're not under the Mosaic covenant. Mm. Or even beyond the curse, how to break the limits that Satan has put on your finances. So apparently Satan has put a limit on my finances. That explains everything. And not only did he put a limit on it. Katie Sousa says he sent a python spirit <clears throat> to attack it. This is this is nonsense. Now, that's the setup for the program. And what I'm going to do is fast forward through the intro part, and uh, we'll get back to the program proper. Here we go. You know, we're going to talk to you today uh, about two phenomenally important subjects, yeah. and most people don't understand right. How they are connected to us. We're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Right. The day of Pentecost. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about 
financial breakthrough. Yep. And once again, we go into the scriptures and we study the Hebrew. Yeah, financial breakthrough. We, we, we go into the scriptures and we study the Hebrew understandings of things. And you can have financial breakthrough too if you would just believe this thing that we claim is actually what the Bible teaches when it doesn't say these things. Hebrew understanding yes. of what the scriptures mean. Yeah. And it's a fulfillment of what God said, yeah. in the last days, the eyes of the Gentiles will be opened. Right. Now, wh where we're at right now... Yeah, the eyes of the Gentiles being open in the last days has nothing to do with financial breakthrough. It has to do with them believing in the one true God for the forgiveness of their sins and receiving from him the gift of eternal life and salvation. Is We are just finishing the 50 days from Passover yeah. to Pentecost yep. or Shavuot. That's called the 50 days or the seven weeks, 49 days plus one, is called the counting of the Omer. Right. And what that is, and w without... Now, a little bit of a note. Larry Huck is a master at weaving in together things that are true with a whole lot of things that are not true. And it, it's almost impossible to pull the two apart uh, it, 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 unless you like slow the video down by like 200%. But we're going to work our way through uh, you know, what he's saying. Now, it, granted, it is talked about in the Mosaic Covenant that there were three feast days that the men of Israel were required to present themselves before God in the place that God chose. And uh, so, no, it's Mosaic Covenant, and it would have been either the tabernacle prior to the building of the temple in Jerusalem, and once the temple was built by Solomon in Jerusalem, while it was up and running, uh, and the temple itself is a type and shadow of Christ, uh, while it was up and running, then the uh, the male Jews of the ancient theocracy of Israel would have been required three times a year to present themselves before God or appear before God in Jerusalem. And if you pay attention to the Gospels, then you'll note that Jesus is there in Jerusalem during the times he was supposed to be, during these appointed feast days. Now, all of that being said, the question is, then how are we as Christians to look at that? Are we required to observe these feast days? The answer is no, and I'll explain to you why. In fact, let's kind of front load this biblically here. In uh, the book of Colossians, chapter 2, Colossians chapter 2, uh, the Apostle uh, Paul, after giving us a beautiful, succinct uh, gospel presentation to Christians, by the way, Christians need to hear that. In fact, let me, let me, uh, uh, let me uh, read it out. <clears throat> I'll start at verse 8 so that we apply our three rules for sound biblical exegesis, which are context, context, and context. Paul says, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in Christ, the whole fullness of the deity dwells bodily. That's right. Jesus Christ is God in human flesh. And you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. And in him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by the putting off of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, 
in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And so you can already begin to see here that the old covenant, the Mosaic covenant, an Abrahamic covenant requirement of circumcision, uh, that that was a type and shadow pointing to baptism. You know, because uh, it says here that uh, baptism then is the putting off of the body of the flesh. It's the circumcision done by Christ where we are buried and raised with him. That's the imagery that is coming through in this text. And so Paul is going to be consistent, and he'll explain then what are we to do with feast days, uh, because he's already taken circumcision and shown that in the Old Testament it's, it's type and shadow. The fulfillment then finds its terminus then in baptism. So then he goes on and says, And you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God has made you alive together with him, that's with Christ, having forgiven us all of our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities, put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. So you can see this beautiful picture of Christ canceling the record of debt that stood opposed to us This he took, he ripped it out of our books, the record of debt, nailed it to the cross. Uh, And so, you know, I always like to say that, you know, he canceled the debt. And when in canceling the debt, took that record of debt that we have accumulated as a result of our own sin and writes in his own blood, debt paid in full, you know, and then signs it Jesus. You you, kind of get the idea. So that is, you know, the gospel presentation of it. And it's so, it's so comforting and amazing. But verse 16 then goes on, therefore, so because Christ has bled and died for us, and because we in our baptisms have, have experienced the circumcision of Christ, because we have been buried with him, raised with him, all of the things that Paul just said previous, because that's true. Then he says this in verse 16. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival. And here, a festival would refer to the Passover. It would refer to uh, uh, Shavuot, Shavuot, uh, the, uh, the, the, the Feast of Weeks, uh, or a new moon or a Sabbath. Why? Why don't I want to let anyone pass judgment on me Regarding these things, here's the reason why. Verse 17, these are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. So Christians throughout Christian history then are not required to celebrate the Mosaic feast days or the Sabbath or any of those things because those were the types and shadows pointing to Christ. And so that's the idea here. Now that that Christ has come, the shadow has given way to the substance. And so Christians are not required to celebrate Passover. Christians are not required to celebrate the Feast of Weeks or the Feast of Booths or any of these other festivals. Those were the shadow of, and and I would even argue, kind of by way of, you know, dogpiling here argumentatively, that uh, anybody who is a, you know, a Christian claiming to keep the Sabbath or keep the Feast of Weeks or the, or the Passover, that they're not paying attention to the requirements for what it means to actually keep and observe 
these festivals. So we as Christians are not required to. We're not, we are not to let anyone pass judgment on us. They were a shadow pointing to Christ, and he's the substance that, that, that those festivals and feast days and even the Sabbath were pointing to. And that's explicitly taught in Colossians 2, 16 and 17. That being the case, Christians don't observe the feast of weeks. We're not required to. It's been fulfilled. You know, that good way of putting it. So, all right, coming back to Larry and his huck. So we've got a problem. Apparently the devil has put a limit on your finances and you can break that limit by sowing a, <clears throat> a first fruit offering into the ministry of Larry and Tiz Huck during the Pentecost season. Yeah, uh-huh. Let's let him continue spinning this one out. Getting into a whole lot of detail. We talked about this last week. What that is, is when Israel came out of Egypt, mm-hmm. which is symbolic of you and I coming out of sin, Israel, Passover, and resurrection. Now, a little bit of a note. He's correct-ish. He's, it's not quite right, but it's right enough. I mean, the, the way to put it is, is that when you look at the Exodus, um, it is about the fact that we are born slaves to sin, death, the devil, and so the imagery of the Exodus of God judging the false god king Pharaoh and bringing his people out and setting them free that is a that is a picture then of our salvation we each and every one of us born dead in trespasses and sins under the dominion of darkness uh, enslaved to sin death and the devil God through Christ now and, and through his mighty hand has set us free from slavery to the false pharaoh known as Satan. You kind of get the idea. But he's he's skating around this a little bit because he's going to start interjecting into this type and shadow imagery stuff that isn't true. So let me back this up just a little bit, and we'll keep going. Israel came out of Egypt, Mm -hmm. which is symbolic of you and I coming out of sin, Israel, Passover, and resurrection of Jesus are the same days. Shavuot, 50 days later, and Pentecost are the same days. Yeah, Yeah, that's correct. Pentecost is the same day as the Feast of Weeks. Shavuot, right. Day of Pentecost had fully come. Yep. There are there is what's called the counting of the Omer. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, what so that good. what that means, and you can go to a website and get in in depth teaching. What that means is the journey mm-hmm. from poverty right. into prosperity. Right. What? <laughs> Where'd you get that? Because you know, I I want to introduce you to a con- a concept here. There's a Latin phrase, and the Latin phrase goes like this: "Quad non est biblicum, non est theologicum." Roughly translated, if it's not biblical, it's not theology. You know, if, if you cannot find a, a biblical text that teaches what you're saying, it's not biblical. It's not doctrinal. It's not a theology that we should embrace or believe in. And so the. The counting of the Omer and the and you know the the fifty days from Passover to uh, Chag Shavua, uh, the you know the Feast of Weeks. Uh, this is not uh, some kind of journey from poverty to prosperity. He just made that up. 
and says, well, this is the, this is the Hebrew way of looking at it. That it doesn't matter if there was a Hebrew person who looked at it this way. The question is, does the Bible teach this? The answer is no. Okay. Right. So you're, you're going from poverty. Yeah. Coming out of slavery to Egypt, coming out of slavery to the world, to Shavuot or Pentecost, which we just celebrated. And we bring that Pentecost, that Shavuot offering, that first fruit offering. See, that's the important part. You got to bring that that offering of the first fruits if you want to go from poverty to prosperity. Again, no biblical text says this. And that offering, which is, it says, now is the time to sow your Pentecost offering. No, it's not. No Christian is required to keep the Mosaic Covenant feast days. Colossians 2, 16 and 17 make that explicitly clear. Connected to the Holy Spirit that gives us wisdom and knowledge, that offering, the offering that we give right now, that offering determines the wisdom of God. And we'll get into this. No biblical text says, even to the the believers in the Mosaic Covenant, that when they brought their, their, their offering during the Feast of Weeks, that they were some, that it would determine the wisdom of God for their life for the next year. He's making that up. In more detail, yeah. the wisdom of God yes. that God will give us, the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide yeah, us and teach yep. us and show us things to come. Yeah. That has to do with spiritual wisdom, but that has to do with financial Absolutely. wisdom. No, it doesn't say that anywhere. Which biblical text? Or are you reading that from? The answer is he's not. There is no biblical text that says this. Absolutely. The, 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 the prosperity that God wants to give you. Yeah. If God wanted to give me prosperity, he would. Had nothing stopping him, including me. And us, this whole next year, yep. comes from wisdom. Yes. And this Pentecost, the Shavuot offering determines the wisdom of the Holy Spirit that God will give us the whole rest of the year. So let me kind of map this out for you. So you you bring a first fruit offering by sowing it into Larry Huck's ministry. This is how the mythology apparently works. And, uh, And so God takes a look at your first fruit offering and determines its proper value and then decides that okay well based upon this offering i'm going to give you this much wisdom and that wisdom is good for the for the next 12 months and then that wisdom then will instruct you properly on how you can experience and create wealth and prosperity for yourself this is just pure mythology no biblical text says this, and he's hiding behind a veneer of claiming, oh, oh, this is this is the Hebrew understanding of it. Yeah, no, it's not. This is just utter nonsense. It's just gobbledygook. Now, let me fast forward a little bit in the video, and you can kind of see where this is all heading, because uh, uh, the whole purpose of this program is to get you 
to believe that you are obeying God and sending in your your first fruit feast of weeks offering and that God's going to open up the windows of heaven and pour out for you a large amount of wisdom based upon your ginormous offering and that you then over the next 12 months will be able to use that wisdom to become wealthy. Not making that up. Let's take a listen again. Yeah. On the day of Pentecost, on the day of Shavuot, yes. we bring an offering. And th- no, the people under the Mosaic covenant brought an offering. <clears throat> I got to figure this out in the biblical text here. Let's see here. Um, Exodus 34 is one of the texts that talks about it. Six days you shall work, but on the seventh day you shall rest. So this is talking about Shabbat, the the Sabbath. In plowing time and harvest you shall rest. You shall observe the Feast of Weeks. This is uh, Chag Shavuah uh, here mentioned here. And the first fruits of the wheat harvest and the Feast of Ingathering at the year's end. Three times in the year you shall all all your males appear before Yahweh uh, Elohim, the God of Israel, for I will cast out nations before you and enlarge your borders. No one shall covet your land when you go up to appear before Yahweh, your God, three times in a year. So you'll note the, the men are required to go to where? Jerusalem, you know, at least after Solomon built the temple three times a year. And Chag Shavua was one of the uh, requirements there. But Leviticus 23 helps us out a little bit as well here. Leviticus 23 talks about the same feast and festival. Uh, The Lord Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the people of Israel, say say to them, When you come into the land that, uh, that I give you and reap its harvest, you shall bring the sheaf of the first fruits of the harvest to the, what? To the Kohen, to the Kohen, the, the priest. Oh, those are the Levites, the priests. Yeah. Uh huh. Where, where were those guys at? Wherever the tabernacle was or eventually where the, where the temple was. Yeah, there are no Levitical Kohen today. No, not they, they, they don't exist. And even if they did, we're not under the Mosaic Covenant. We're under the New Covenant. And you shall wave the sheaf before Yahweh so that you may be accepted. So note that uh, it's, not a, it's not a monetary offering. It's, it's, you're to bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest, and he shall wave the sheep before Yahweh so that you may be accepted. Yeah, I, th- I think you get the idea here. Um, so if you were going to truly observe the uh, the Feast of Weeks, you got to go to Jerusalem. There needs to be a temple, and you need to present a sheaf of wheat to a priest uh, after the counting of the Omer. I'm just saying. It doesn't require me to send money to Larry or Tiz Huck. We continue. This offering, the same day that God gave the world the Bible, mm. the tree of life, God gives the Holy Spirit, which will lead you and guide you and teach you. This offering that you give right now yeah. will save lives in Israel, Amen. but it's going to what? save your life. Yeah. Oh, so if I send you money, it's going to save my life. Really? Watch. Yeah. Because this offering takes the Holy Spirit. Yes. And if we're in obedience to this offering, right. this offering determines 
the wisdom of God through the Holy Spirit that will lead you and guide you and teach you not just spirit. Absolute rubbish and poppycock. This is nonsense. He's making this up. Why? Because he's a greedy televangelist who's preaching for shameful gain, things that he ought not to preach. This is not what the Bible teaches. And this is not what the Mosaic Covenant taught regarding obedience to the you know the three feast days, especially Shavuot. Spiritual things, right. but in things of finances. Right. This offering is where you break the curse yeah. of limits. Yep. Where does it say that the first fruit offering at the Feast of Weeks breaks the curse of limits. There's no biblical text that says that. Quad non est biblicum, non est theologicum. It's not in the Bible. It's not theology. This is nonsense. Break the curse of limits of Egypt. Limit. Oh, the curses of the limits of Egypt are broken when you... No, this is nonsense. And this, this, and we're going to show you in the weeks to come, or in the days to come, this offering has un limited potential yes. the wind of course it does yes. the window of heaven is open yes. and there's unlimited potential you know when we where does it say that if you send in a first fruits offering to a televangelist that it has unlimited potential regarding the wisdom of god for you to get wealth hmm? no biblical text says this learn this it changed our thinking and we tell people all the time if you change your thinking you'll change your life and literally in our lives, we had a exactly. poverty mentality, even though we were pastors, we had never sacrificed. missed our They had a poverty mentality and, and they learned how to overcome the poverty mentality by who, who did you guys send your first fruits, Pentecost, Feast of Weeks offering to hmm? for years and years. But we didn't know how to live in blessings. And it changed our thinking. And then there's that journey of learning. Well, God says, I'll teach you how to prosper. Amen. And that's exactly what what you're talking about. There's the miraculous, but then God changes our thinking to move into that blessing. Amen. And, you know, you think about this. You you can't have the harvest until you kill the weeds. The weeds are the harvest... All right, does anyone sell some spiritual roundup? We got to kill some weeds here so that I can have the harvest that I can send in my first fruits offering. This is is, such flim flam. This is the promise of God. The harvest is your. No, it's not the promise of God, and you're blaspheming by saying it is. Blessing your prosperity. The weeds are the curses. We're going to talk about this in the next days to come. This offering breaks every curse yeah. off of your Amen. finances. Amen. Yeah, where in the Bible does it say that? I'd like a chapter and a verse and preferably several cross-references that just lays it out and says, when you send in your first fruits offering, that it'll break off all the curses and kill the weeds that are creating lack in your finances. I, I want to see those texts. Amen. And gives you the wisdom yep. of God yes. to not only everything you put your hands to, God yep. will cause it to prosper, right. but he'll show you what to put your hands yes. to. Amen. Yeah, biblical text, please, that says that. I'd like to see that. Amen.
We are in an amazing time. Oh, yeah. Amazing. As far as apostasy is concerned. And rank heresy like this. If you're watching this, you need to respond right now because that... W- My response is no. If I were to send in money to you, I would be disobeying God. Window yes. is closing. Yeah. We have less than 30 days. Oh, no. The, the window's closing. It's a 30-day window. Quick, quick, act now. You only have 30 days to act on this. Otherwise, you won't get God's wisdom for the next year in order to get wealth. Quick, send money to Larry and Tiz Huck. And God wants to open the window over yes, you and never yes. allow it to close. Your financial breakthrough is on its way. Mm-hmm. Stay with us. Tiz and I are going to come back and pray over you to break every yeah. curse. These guys are going to have to give an account to God for every penny they stole from people using God's name to do it, blaspheming the way they have. And release every blessing. The miracle season of Pentecost and First Fruits is passing by right now. It's, it's passing by right now. It's, it's, it's a window and you, it, less than 30 days left. You better act if you, if, if you want the blessing for the next year. It's one of only three times per year when God promises to open the windows of heaven. Yep. Chapter and verse, please. This offering will release three major blessings into your life. Wisdom, anointing, and prosperity. We are now in God's 30-day grace period, so don't miss... Where in Scripture does it say God gives a 30-day grace period for sending in your Pentecost first fruit offering? Is this opportunity to sow toward a miracle harvest. You your s- pity. Sow towards a miracle harvest. You're giving money in order to get money. Yeah, that, that's not greedy at all. Cost offering this month will go towards saving Jewish lives through Project Aliyah. I think you get the point. Doesn't matter who they're giving it to, whether they're giving it to homeless children in the streets of New York City or anywhere else. Nowhere in Scripture does it teach this doctrine. This is straight out a prime example of teaching for shameful gain what ought not to be taught. These people are, they have no conscience. They're, they're utter charlatans. And the only thing they care about is using God's name in order to convince you that God wants you to send them money. What a mess. So what'd you think? Love to get your feedback. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash pirate Christian. Follow me on Instagram, there at pirate Christian. Till next time, may God richly bless you and the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ is vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen.